Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Unfolded Hearts Talk, a production of Unfolded Hearts Ministries, a nonprofit organization of biblical counsel and spiritual formation, a ministry dedicated to equipping, encouraging, and teaching. You can find us on the web at www.unfoldedhearts.org. Hey, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us, whether you're live, <clears throat> excuse me, or listening. Um, to a podcast. We just welcome you and thank you. We'll be talking about a renewal of our minds from uh, Romans 12. And before we jump in, I just want to um, say that Unfolded Hearts Ministries puts out a newsletter or updates um, once a month generally. And um, two weeks ago, we had did a um, on Isaiah 26 verses 3 and 4 about um, the Lord who guards, um, he will keep, you will guard him who keeps in him his, excuse me, peace and constant peace whose mind um, is set on him, is stayed on him. And so this was a launching um, from the updates newsletter. If you'd like to join us on our newsletter and um, get any further ones, you're welcome to connect with us on our website and fill out a contact page. Or if any time, if you have a suggestion for um, a program or you just want to leave some feedback and encouragement, we'd love to hear from you then too. Well, let's jump in this morning. We're going to pray before we start. Again, our focus is going to be on Romans 12.2. That's um, pretty much where we're going to concentrate and see what the Holy Spirit draws out of that for um for every listening ear. So, Father, we just come, Lord, I just come submitting myself unto you, Father. We thank you that your word is true, that it is living and it is active, Father, and it brings life. Lord, so I pray for the deposits of life to happen this day, Lord, to every listening ear in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, not in my own sufficiency, but in the sufficiency of grace that you've given unto me by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you use my breath to breathe life and to... Um, Speak according to your will and according to your purposes, Father, that your word would accomplish that in which you've set it forth to accomplish this day. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory because you are worthy and do all that and so much more, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Well, Romans 12, 2, I actually I would suggest um, for those readers um, to read the whole chapter of Romans 12, but we're going to, I'm just going to read verses one and two. And then again, our focus will be on verse two. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good acceptable some verses say pleasing or good acceptable and perfect will of God so let's break that down today because we know there's a lot going on in the world even um, even if it wasn't during a significant time and hour in history that we're in there's just a lot that's contending 
um, for our focus and for our attention because we know that just being in the world every day, generation to generation, so it doesn't matter what decade that is, we just know by God's word that he calls us to transform our minds, be conformed to his image, and um, and we just thank him for that because he gives us the victory. It's like a little pop quiz that we can take every day, but it, he gives it to us, but he's also supplying the answer for us. So I, I thank him for that. So um, the word conformed, let's break that down, even though we know it, but let's just uh, take, a, take a look at that. The word conformed is um, in one's mind or character. So that's what he's addressing, our mind and character and how we respond to the things in the world. And that's what needs to be um, transformed is our minds and our characters. So we thank him for it. So that by the trans, um, by being transformed by the renewing of our mind, again, that's it is literal, being um, transformed or changed into another. And we um, just honor the Lord in that he, you know, he is an example in all things that he goes before us, that he himself was transformed with divine brightness on the Mount of Transfiguration. So even himself, and we know coming into the form of a human, you know, that was a transformation for him as well, being fully God and fully man. He, he did transform himself, and again, and on the Mount um, of Transfiguration. And then we see um, by renewing, by the renewing. And the renewing is, this is key, um, and how to unpack this is it's, a, um, it's change for the better. It's a renewal, complete change for the better. But it also uses the word renovation or to renovate. And I think renovate is such an awesome word um, to describe this and unpack this both for male and female, because if I, um, and again, I'm just speaking in general terms here. Um, but if I'm going to, so this is just a, you know, if I pick a room that I'm going to renovate, whether it's I'm preparing for a child or a guest room, or I'm going to redo my kitchen for the holidays, it's not just updates mind you it's not just updating things it's a renovation and so generally for a woman I'm going to and in my case I'll speak for my own self I I have a picture of what I know that renovation is going to look like and what I'm looking for the outcome I know what is needed now I, I might need help with a plan of how to get there and um, some recommendations and some input from others. But I do, I have a really pretty good solid idea of when I'm renovating what I want the outcome to look like. And so, um, and when I get there to the outcome, um, I, you know, I'm even going to tell my friends and talk about with my friends, hey, we're renovating this room and I'm so excited about it. These are the changes that are taking place. Maybe some of my frustrations, maybe some of my cares, some of my concerns. We don't go over budget. This is uncomfortable to me. I don't know, you know, maybe there's some unknown that happens along the way and in the process. Now, with a gentleman, perhaps he's, um, you know, we have family members. Uh, I could think of two brother-in-law or three brother-in-laws that are four. Okay, there we go. We've got a big family that are very hands-on and they can do construction and literally get in there and do that themselves. And, um, you know, they're going to count the cost before they do it. And they're going to count it worthy and deem it worthy. They really are. And they appreciate the hard work that comes along the way. 
And even if they're not hands-on themselves, they do, men appreciate hard work from other men as well and knowing what it takes to get to where they need to be. And when they, or, or it could be a car, men like to uh, renovate or change or redo cars as well. And they're actually, when they're done, you know, they like to show their friends along the way what is happening and the transformation um, and what the hard work and the and very, um, you know, the details that it took, and they're going to talk about, you know, what they learned and and how and and how it's coming about, and what they're going, what their plan is uh, to to meet the renovation and their goal, and they have a timeline. And if a friend comes in afterwards, let's say it's a project a husband and wife work on together in a particular room, if the husband takes his friends. The gentleman takes his friend through the room talking about the renovation. He actually is going to take pictures of the before. He's going to bring those out. Those are necessary for him to appreciate where he got on the other end of it. In some ways, if we talk about renovating even our own soul, as the Holy Spirit is asking us to bring our minds unto him um, so that we would have his mind in us, right? Because he says in... um, Ephesians 2, 5, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ, that was all, which was also in Christ. And again, him being our, our example and even in humility. Well, the gentlemen usually are like, you're not going to appreciate the renovation until I showed you where it began from. So you can see the whole story and the work and the process. And there's a pride in it. There's a great humility in it, but there's a great pride in it that I actually went through this process. And there is actually something we can learn from that. And not only from Christ, because we see his humility and his honoring of the Lord and fulfilling it, but also in the gentlemen in our lives as well. We can um, just honor them for that as well. And I just want to go ahead and read um, and um, talking about the example of Christ in Ephesians 2, again, where he says, Ephesians 2, 5, beginning there, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name. And that And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord and be glorified by the Father. So we thank him for that. And um, when we end, we're going to end in a prayer uh, off of that as well. So we thank him for that. And so that's the type of renovation that we're looking for in our minds. Um, of course, we know what our mind is. It's, uh, you know, um, it's our thinking, our judging, our thoughts, our purposes, and our desires. That's what it's coming from. Now, and it says, um, so the renewing of your mind, so that, so that you may prove. And how do we prove? We examine it, and we recognize it as genuine, and then we deem it worthy according to his word. And that you, that's that you. 
So he's saying, this is a call for you to take action <laughs> and the renewal of your mind and that you are going to need to put your faith um, in action and take some effort in order for this to happen. It just doesn't happen all on its own. And listening to the radio, there's actually a renewal process that needs to take place. And so, and in that, in that you, if you will, if you put that in parentheses, you, you are going to be able to find what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So when we step into the things of the Lord, because good is actually, you know, what is upright, honorable, or useful. That's what good would mean. And when we do that, we begin to step into those things that we know that are good of the Lord that he would ask us to do, like in um, thinking of Matthew 25, where it's feeding and clothing, and we're coming up on a season of um, ending the year. We have two more months um, till we end the year. So there's ample opportunity to feed and to clothe and to um, help those in our community and those around us and those even in the body of Christ, or perhaps even our own family members who may be orphans or widows in Jesus name. Um, and so as I begin to do that, I have, there's two things that happen as I walk into the good into in serving him and putting my faith in action. I'm going to have my view and then I'm going to have God's view. But what God is doing is he'll begin to challenge me in what my good is, what my view of good is. And how he does that, he causes, he causes himself by his Holy Spirit in his goodness, because in um, Nahum 1.7, it says the Lord is good. Not he was good or he's going to be good. He is good. It's an everlasting um, and he causes, he, he causes himself to confront my false beliefs or the things that I'm, um, he exposes my trust and the things that I'm relying on as I begin to walk in this goodness and begin to walk in good things of God, he begins to confront me in my belief system that's off, exposes my trust again and the things that I'm relying on. Because he's causing me, he, what he's doing is he's leading me on a path to his purpose. So this process needs to happen. Um, and he also is revealing these things that I might know him more and come to know him more and not rely on, um, usually there's three things that are obstacles for us in this. And it's usually based around any of these three things, performance, Opinion of others or circumstances. Now, it could be, again, woven all three of these things, but generally people have one of those three things seems to be more of an obstacle than the rest, like a pattern of obstacles that you could say maybe my circumstances are. Um, and then around your circumstances, there's a belief around wrapped around your circumstances. So for myself, I was sharing this the other day with friends and I was saying that um, because of the way that I was growing up, I had a, a, a didn't have a good Christian backdrop, if you will, in my home and living things out um, uh, with my parents. And um I had this belief that may, that God wasn't truly going to take care of me. Um, and so how I lived that out, like if you boiled it down, that was my belief. How I lived it out was maybe I would make sure if I had a need that I was taking care of myself. And maybe perhaps um, at times I um, 
you know, like if my, if it was my birthday, I would maybe buy myself my own birthday present. Not that there's anything wrong with that or delighting and rejoicing, but my underlying motive, like the seed underneath that, if you will, that was really growing underground was um, that just in case the event that those around me who knew me and loved me, um, you know, I was disappointed maybe in what they, and how, if, if, um, the, it was actually the expectation of disappointment, not that it was a reality, but an expectation of a disappointment that they wouldn't know who I was to care for me in order to give me a gift. I hope this makes sense. To give me a gift that actually I felt loved and appreciated and cared for and known by them. So it actually, I, I, what I learned was I was cushioning myself and maybe areas that I didn't need to, but so that I wouldn't feel, um, you know, that there was this drive of anticipating, which is really quite negative, uh, anticipating a negative response when I didn't really need to do that. And so um, at one point we had went to, uh, on a family trip, we went on a mission trip to Central America. I, the children were smaller, so I actually had to pack a lot of things, items to those that we were going to minister to um, on the field. And I had to, you know, because your luggage can only weigh a certain amount, and we were all packed out on all of those. But at any rate, um, and the team would help each other you know, carry their luggage because everyone had two pieces and there was lots to bring. And um, there was about a dozen of us, I think, dozen to 15. And at the airport, I remember seeing all the luggage in a pile. And I, and I, I vaguely remember thinking to myself, I don't necessarily see where my luggage is. Like, I think it's that one. Although I didn't tag it and look at the tag, but I remember looking at the ramp um, where the luggage came off and it was clear. So there was no more luggage. And I said, okay, we must have my luggage. And I was helping other people and we were in my kids and getting them to the car and loading, loading it up. Well, lo and behold, by the time dinner came and we were at the base, which is an hour and a half from the airport, my luggage was not there. <laughs> and so, um, the Lord prepared me. Let me just say, he just didn't pull the plug on me. He actually prepared me in little increments to the point where he would know I was ready to recognize how he was going to care for me, um, you know, and that my false belief that I actually really could care for myself really well at the extent, it only reaches to the extent of how I can reach my arms out, which is, isn't much more than two feet. Um, and at my own fingertips that he can go far beyond that to know what my need is and to make provision for me and how he was going to do that and allowing myself to receive from others um, their generosity, their compassion, and them instilling unto me, and then watching how the Holy Spirit did that, where I wasn't asking, um, you know, or scrambling, um, but it was just presented and given to me, which was a very sweet thing. It was a very pivotal point for my belief in the renovation of my mind of both um, I really can't care for myself. <laughs> he, he exposed that, that I'm very limited in how I can do that. Even if I thought I was fulfilling it, he can go so much further beyond that. And that I take his arm and I walk in that his care for me. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that he confronted me with my false belief, exposing my trust, 
and what I was relying on so that I might know him better. And I know his goodness, that he is a good God. And, um, and I thank him for that. So um, thank him again for that. So moving on to pleasing. Pleasing is, well, in some versions it says acceptable will or the pleasing will of God. And so um, pleasing, you know, in the world, pleasing is, they look at pleasing from the outside. They look at things from the outside to fulfill them in the inside. Where God does the opposite, he, his good pleasure takes in us, those who fear him, where there's hope and mercy, um, and that's in Psalms 147 and then Psalms 107. Three, this is bless the Lord, all you hosts, you ministering of those who, who do his pleasure. Okay, so those things come from the inside out. That's how the Lord works with his pleasures. And in Psalm 16, 11, it says, um, you will show me the path of life. That's where he's leading. He's leading me on a path of good, pleasing, and his perfect will, right? So he's leading me on this path in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I'm not going to recognize those until I come into the fullness of his presence and recognize the path that he has me on for life. Okay, so he's leading me into his purposes. One, that he is, first and foremost, because our covenant with him is that we would have this intimacy and fellowship that is, that is our first calling, if you will, is to come into intimacy communion and into his presence that we might know him and all things more and more. Amen. Amen. And in this pleasing, we actually see Adam and Eve at the very beginning of the garden of Eden, when the enemy presented Eve, the apple, and it says in there that she saw that it was pleasing and she took it. So we need to be mindful of that and learn from the word of God and that example that just because it's pleasing, we need to put that before the Lord and examine it, recognize the genuineness of it and deem it worthy according to the Lord. And now the perfect will is a lot of times in scripture, when we see the word perfect, it actually has to do with mature. And that does in this case, in this particular passage, it's, doing a full grown or mature. That's what the perfect is. Um, Otherwise, no one can get there. Yes. So and it talks about our human integrity and virtue. That's what that's what it's shaping and forming within us. Right. And then the will of God is um, the perfect will. So there's a maturity in us with integrity and virtue. The will would be what God wishes to be done by us. With our will, our choice, our inclination, our desire, and our pleasures. That's why uh, Psalm 37 says, um, let me just go to that. I didn't have that in my notes, but the Holy Spirit just laid that upon my heart. So, um, and the Bible I have in front of me this morning is the Amplified, which I love very much. It's actually um, expounded. So the words are expounded, as I'm looking for this. The words are expounded on both the Greek and the Hebrew to bring understanding into it. So um, is it 30? It's 37.4. Maybe that's it. 
Uh, oh, oh, yes, 37, born. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. And I love that because we come to him in the secret place. And then sometimes there's things that we haven't even asked him or put into words or say, I don't even know if I can ask him this, but this is in my heart. We're trying to evaluate it and, and, you know, deem it. Is it, is it, um, deem it in a sense of, is it, um, something that I can deem is worthy before him to even ask for, or is this a soulish desire? And sometimes he brings those things forth. And I will tell you that if it matters to you, it matters to God. And when you grow in your intimacy and your voice becomes the voice of the bride at the throne room of God, he's going to act on your behalf. He's going to know the great intimacy and the friendship that you're building with him. Just like you build a natural friendship on earth, you're building a friendship with him in heaven. And when it becomes so close and so divinely mixed with who he is and loving him and your responses because you want to honor him and love him and serve him out of the outflow of love, Um, and delight, not necessarily just duty and tradition of man or expectations of yourself or others. And it's not, you're not being tripped up with performance or opinion of others or circumstances. That's not where it's coming from. Um, He hears those secret places in your heart and those desires. And I pray today, Father, um, that you would begin revealing those more and more, that you would manifest those things in Jesus' name to the listening ear, Father, the desires that they have, Lord. Some have desires, Father, um, for a spouse in the future. In Jesus' name, I just pray for every man and woman, Lord, because you're, Lord, if they're ready to get married, Lord, that they're ready, they find themselves ready um, to be married, Lord. I pray over them this day, Father, that you would, as in your word with Adam and Eve, it says that you presented Eve to Adam. I pray that you would present um, these women who are ready to be married, Father, and it's a secret desire of their heart, or to be remarried or reconciled in Jesus' name. I pray that you would present that to their spouse, Lord. And likewise, if it's a gentleman who's ready to be married, remarried, or reconciled in Jesus' name, you would present his wife, unto him, Father. And I pray that you do this divinely, that you would orchestrate it, um, and that it be of your purpose and of your will, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that two are better than one. And you bless them in Jesus' name. I thank you for that. Okay, so we can see the opposite. Actually, today's our 28th. John and I, it's our 28th anniversary. And today's October 28th. So it's the 28th on the 28th. And we are just rejoicing because we can only say that once. (laughs) That we're celebrating our 28th on the 28th. And I was looking forward to the day. And I, today, the whole day of, um, just spending together and just blessing and honoring one another and God for what he did. And he literally brought us together. He literally brought us together. And I'm thankful that not only do I love him and honor him as a husband, I'm proud of what we've built together as our lives, um, our family, um, and our home. 
I just, I just thank him that we have a house and a home of faith. And he even walks out his faith. I just honor him this day. And I'm not hearing this. I honor him that he is a man of faith and a man of integrity, that he walks that out. And everything that he puts his hand to do, that God would bless him and increase him and expand his borders. He would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I pray that over you as well. And he lead us on path of righteousness for his name's sake. And I thank him for what he's going to do in this coming year and the increase that he's bringing in all things with the glory of God, our integrity, and all that we put our hands to do would prosper in every way, in every fashion for the kingdom and for his name and for the generations to come. So, and I thank you, Lord, for every promise that you spoke to the Every promise that you've spoken to the listening ear this morning, Father, that you would ignite and breathe, that that prayer would breathe on their promise as well, Lord, that it would saturate that seed as well, Father, and it would germinate and sprout and take root, Lord, and have evidence so that they would have a harvest of righteousness in Jesus' name. So we read the opposite when we look over at Matthew 6. It talks about the things, the cares and the concerns of this world, and that we do good to please God. I'm just boiling this down, that we teach, um, it teaches us in a manner which to pray and which to fast. Again, this is from Matthew 6. You can read it yourself. Talking about laying up treasures in heaven and that the, our eye is a lamp to our whole body and we cannot serve God in riches. So it's uh, calling our loyalty. Where is our loyalty? In Jesus' name, may it be found in him. And that we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I believe that we can test him and his word in that. Um, If we begin to conform our minds to Matthew 6 and his uh, kingdom and his righteousness, I do believe that he shall add all those things unto us and unto you in Jesus' name. So the Father... uh, Let's see. So let me just read a portion of that where it says, therefore, I say to you from Matthew 6 again, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put in it, nor your life. Um, it's not your life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, dear ones, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than than they? Yes, you are. So which of you by worrying can add a cubit to a stature? So the father here uh, in definition is of Jesus Christ as one whom God has united to himself in the closest bond of love and intimacy, the same that he calls and desires for us. Yes, made acquainted with his purposes appointed to explain and carry out among men the plan of salvation and made to share also in his own divine nature the same calling and purposes that he has on Jesus by drawing us in unto his blood, unto his cross, we come unto him with humility and hunger and gratitude, um, an attitude of gratitude, a thankful, boldly coming unto his throne, yes, but with thankful hearts for all that he chose to do for us. In Jesus' name, we thank him for that. And so we can pray, um, declaring, I'm just going to decree, uh, the benefits of the kingdom. This will, This is actually, I'm reading this from Inspired by the Psalms. Uh, decrees that renew your heart and mind by Elizabeth A. Nixon. 
um, wrote this little decree book, and she talks, explains what decrees are, and then she goes ahead and lists them. So this this is a prayer <clears throat> of benefit to the kingdom. We're going to go ahead and end here for today, and I thank you for listening with us today, and I look forward to um, being with you again next month in November, uh, and hopefully we'll have a special guest next month and um we just bless you in jesus name again if you desire to contact us um with any feedback or input encouragement prayer needs wanting to join our newsletter um you can contact us on our web www.unfoldedhearts.org fill out the contact form and um we will return um, and answer whatever your requiring inquiring request is, uh, we it, we will provide that for you. So I bless you ahead of time. I bless you ahead of time. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray. I just pray a blessing uh, again upon every listening ear, Lord, that we are your children, uh, that your heart is for us. You are a God that's for us. If God be for us. Who could be against us, Lord? So I break off oppression. I break off depression. In Jesus' name, those things that would hinder minds in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would be their control, that you would be their substance in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, by your grace that you are able to make provision into all things and um, into every good work. It is by your grace and your sufficiency and dependency and loyalty, Father, unto you, Lord. We thank you, Father. And we will be yielding in our hearts and minds to serve you with great loyalty, Lord, as as, um, friends of God. In Jesus' name, you can just lay your hands on your heart and say, I'm a friend of God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So I decree, Father, and um, I'm not going to change the pronouns, but use them for yourself. I adore you, Jehovah. We kneel before you and prostrate in your holy presence, for you have become our immovable strength. You are the cleft and the cleft of the, that covers us, and we, Lord, that you teach us and instruct us in the way that when we battle and when we war, that we are accustomed to victory. And in the hand and the spoils of the fortunes of war, we thank you in Jesus' name and deliver us from those who speak worthless lies whose ways are empty, vanities, arrogance, and ego, set apart from them, Lord. I'm separate from toil and lifelessness. My home, our homes, our family, our business, our sphere of influences are released in Jesus' name. And therefore, Father, our family is established and distinguished. Our children are caused to be brought up before you, able to do great things and to be promoted in all ways. They're vigorous, passionate, beautiful, and strong. In Jesus' name, I bless you, children, that our business and the works of our hands are promoted with success and with great and profitable end. As full as the seas are in an abundance of water, so too is our equity, dividends, income, and interest. In Jesus' name, on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. And your kingdom produces limitless benefits in us, in us and for us. And that we increase and multiply exponentially. 
and that our home and our business and our cities where we live are blessed with peace in Jesus' name. We abide in you as in a calm retreat. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. And I'm just going to read one other prayer that she prays that says, you walk with me, you walk in my journey with me, Lord, that you continue to teach us how to live, how to act, how to think, how to breathe, how to feel, and behave. You teach us diligently and expertly, tenderly and skillfully, all by example, Jesus. That's so true. All according to your ways and your delight, your goodwill and your favor, with complete and perfect acceptance. You walk my journey with me. Amen. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. Um, I just want to read one other scripture for you, just to give you encouragement that Jesus has thoughts for, for you as your father. You were not lost, but you were found in this world and found in the place that you are right now. As you hear him say in Jeremiah 11, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. That's you, dear one, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and I will and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. I just bless um, Bless your sons and your daughter and your children um, that are before you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that in Philippians 2, it says, For it is God who works in you, both to do and to act according to his good pleasure. Um, So I thank you, and I bless you with that this day. And um, a peace of God be upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.